Recorded live. All right, so we're back here with the Power Hour. It is officially the first day, the first real day of the 2015 college football season. This is the first edition of Cutbacks and Cold Ones. I'm Dustin Tackett. As usual, I'm here with Eric Bartolucci. Bardo, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Dustin. Got my cold, uh, my hot cup of Joe sitting right next to me, ready to talk uh, some football here. I know, you know, and the shows we're you know we're calling this this season we're calling the new show Cutbacks and Cold Ones. Yeah, we're both sitting here with a hot cup of coffee. Um, you know, we we had to fit it in this morning. The schedules have been a little hectic right before college football season. You know get started, so, you know, we're really only able to fit this, this show in early in the morning. Normally, we'll do it a little bit later. I'm not saying we're going to have cold ones as we record the show, but you can all just imagine that. But either way, I mean, God, it's, it's, it feels so good to have college football back. I mean, I was, I was looking through the schedule. I mean, don't get me wrong. I kind of look at it like my fantasy football team. I just Every day over the past week, just look at the college football schedule, just excited about this game and that game. And really, I mean, they start things off with a bang. Thursday night, we get South Carolina, North Carolina. I mean, neither team ranks, but that's a competitive football game. You know, ACC, SEC, and things don't end until Monday night when you get another nice, you know, I mean, Ohio State's probably going to blow them out, but you get Ohio State at Virginia Tech. Is, is, there, is there much more you could ask for for your opening week in college football? No, I mean, initially when you when you look at the schedule, um, when, when the rankings come out, you know, about a month or so ago, and you look at the schedule really casually because it's still like 30, 45 days off, and you're like, you don't want to overhype yourself because, you know, the excitement is real. When it gets to a day like this, the excitement is real. And you you first look at it and you're like, ah, oh, there's only one top 25 game. Uh, according to according to the voters, there's only one top 25 game. But yeah. as we've got closer, yeah, you're right. I mean, North Carolina, South Carolina will be a great game. I mean, TCU traveling to Minnesota tonight. I mean, there's just, there's more than, there's more than what CCI with the Alabama-Wisconsin game on Saturday. Like you said, I mean, having a having the Monday night game. I mean, I remember a handful of years ago when that was a staple of the Florida Florida State Miami series for a handful of years. It was that Monday night Labor Day game. You know, the yeah. the icing on, on the cake of opening weekend, and we'll get another good one with Ohio State Virginia Tech, and we and and we saw what happened last year with that uh, with that game. So it, there's a little bit more storyline behind it, but. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a kid in a candy shop right now, Dustin. I'm just the more I look at these games, the more I'm excited for you know Washington, Boise State. They're just just games that maybe it's just you don't even care who's playing, but you know that it's going to be a competitive football game with some fireworks involved, like a Arizona State, Texas A&M. Uh, no dog in the fight, but that game could be you know 55-52 at the end of it. So I'm I'm just happy to be able to to delve deeper into into the games, but also into some storylines that. Uh, that we've missed throughout the off season that we, you know, that we'll get a chance to talk about going into this year. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the first storyline kind of brings me into, you know, I'm just a hater. That That's just what it is. But, <laughs> you know, you talk about Jim Harbaugh 
coming in, taking over the Michigan program. He's an alumni. I, I expect that program to, to turn around. I mean, we know the history there. More wins than any other team in college football. In, in the history of college football, that's, that's what the Michigan program is. However, if you think about it over the past 10 years, I mean, if you're a kid that's grown up in high school, you don't know that Michigan was good at one point. Like, you have no idea. So I, I do, while I do think Harbaugh is going to turn that program around, I think too many people are just already, you know, have already come to this conclusion that, hey, it's fixed. No, things are not fixed yet. They're going to be playing at Utah tonight, and I think Utah is going to win. And I think a lot of people are going to be shocked. They're already on that Michigan bandwagon, you know, tooting the horn. Harbaugh hasn't even recruited the class yet. Let the guy get some of his own players in there. Let him instill, you know, his, you know, the way he, he goes about his business into these players. He hasn't had enough time to really do that yet. I don't know if things are, are, and you know, I don't think things are, are going to turn around this quick. I've, they're about to lose to the youth tonight. People are going to be a little taken back. They're like, oh, well, we thought Michigan was back. Maybe they aren't back. Well, maybe you shouldn't have jumped to so many conclusions so quickly. And that's that's the problem with how, you know, how these things go. People just immediately jump on these trains. Hey, just wait a little bit. Grab a ticket, grab a cup of joe, sit down, relax. It'll happen. You'll get there. They got. They got to grab. Am I alone on this? Yeah. They got to grab a cold one, Dustin, and sit back because it could be a bumpy yeah. ride. I uh, or maybe a couple cold ones. I I agree with you. I mean, obviously Utah is favored in that game game this evening, uh, and, and I think it'll be a really competitive game. Maybe not as as many fireworks. It'll be low scoring because I think it's going to take a little while for Harbaugh to instill his offense because. What they ran at Michigan before and what he's always typically run as an offense is two totally different. The students are totally completely different. And, and, and just getting the personnel in, and, and it's the same when you, when you go down and look in games about the University of Florida with them bringing in Jim McElwain as a coach. And, and I think the Gator fans are different than the Michigan fans. And the, the Wolverine fans are, are, I think, maybe a little bit more like, I want to see what happens right now. But I think the Florida fans, on the other way, are cautiously optimistic, understanding that personnel for a new coach, when you run a totally different system, it takes time. And it takes your recruiting. You need to get the right quarterback in. You need to get the, you know, the right personnel in at the, at the different slot positions. And, and uh, you know, your defense, your defense is different. You can run a different defensive scheme and still have the same players. But offensively speaking, when you're an offensive challenge team like both of these teams have been over the course of the last handful of years, it's going to take time for the new coach to come in and instill a new playbook and run run what he wants to run and be effective what he's done in the past at being successful. Well, well, not not to completely switch topics here, but do Florida fans understand that it takes getting the right quarterback in there because they seem pretty pissed off that Trayon Harris was named starter last night over Will Greer. Um, well, you know, just, just, just a little sidetrack. I mean, let's, let's get back to Mitch again. But <laughs> answer, answer, answer me the one question, though, that you didn't really touch on. I mean, I, yes, I, I understand Utah's favorite. They should be. But do you get the impression that just talks around college football, people are just kind of assuming that Michigan's going to come out and win they're not favored. They shouldn't be. But people are already writing Michigan off as, okay, they've turned it around. They haven't even played yet. I mean, 
we are you not getting that impression? Am I just somehow coming up with that impression? Well, we've talked about it for many years, Dustin, and how the uh, the media can somehow try to expand the story where there's not one because it's just a, it's just a feel good thing for them. You know, look, it, it's clickable. It's it's one of those clickable impression things, right? I talk about Harbaugh making an, an immediate impression. You're like, I want to read what this idiot has to say because honestly, if you sit back and you, and you think about you think about that statement, anybody who's reasonable is in our shoes, right? You're going on the road your first game at Utah. Utah has been over the last handful of years a, a very good team, not a not a playoff, F, you know, not a top four team that's going to be in the discussion for a playoff, but they're a solid team at home, and you have to take on your first game, go on the road at Utah on a Thursday night. Um, you know, you're not playing that cupcake. You're not playing Florida International or McNeese State in your first game where you can kind of get the feel out for what, you're, you know, what college football is again. And remember, remember, this guy was just coaching in the NFL for a handful of years. He was successful in college football, but he was successful in a different way. Uh, now, he, he, you know, I think you have to have conscious optimism, but I think a lot of the media out there is, hey, if I say if, if Michigan goes out and wins this game, I'm right, and people are people are going to start listening to me again. And maybe you have to go out on a limb in that way, and you can talk on that more, Dustin, and, and, and what you do. But in, in my opinion, I I I'm, I think Utah is going to win, and and it it'll be a good game. It'll be close. Um, we'll see flashes of what Harbaugh is instilling in his team, but. I think that uh, I think that you know crowning crowning them as a contender with Ohio State this year is is by far not not the right thing to, to you know to, to talk yeah. about this early. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be close. I think Utah is going to crush Michigan. Michigan fans are going to cry, fire Harbaugh, it's all over, and they're going to bring back Brady Hoke. So um, you know we, we were talking about Florida first year head coach Jim McElwin. Another one of those one of the stories that I kind of want to talk about because I think it's going to have a big impact on what happens this year is former Florida head coach Will Muschamp never had much success there. Gator fans probably happy to see him gone is now the defensive coordinator at Auburn. And if you think about what Auburn's done the past few years under Gus Malzahn, you know the offense that they the, the kind you know the points that they put on the board. If Muschamp could do just a little tweaking on this defense, which I think we probably agree he can do because he's a great defensive mind, this Auburn team can be a lot better than people than maybe people expect. I'd like Auburn to come out of the SEC and possibly go to, to you know the second college football playoff. Do you see Auburn as as even more of a competitor now that Muschamp's there. I mean, it seems like a no-brainer. Well, I think we, I think everybody, you know, this off-season when they when they made that hire, and, and it was a smart hire. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Florida's defense, statistically speaking, was top ten every single year that, that you know, the top ten type defense every single year that Muschamp was in Florida. And the reason yeah. is, is because he is a great defensive mind, and everywhere he's been, his defense is a bit strong. And there's a reason they paid the you know they paid the piper for him. He you know, he's getting paid by multiple schools right now. He's making bank. And uh, I think the great the great thing is is they get a Louisville team with a Bobby Petrino. You know Bobby Petrino is a great offensive mind, and he's put four four quarterbacks on his roster on his depth chart. And he's not telling he is he is playing a game against Will Muschamp because he knows how Will how great Will Muschamp is as a, as a defensive mind. 
and, and Bobby Petrino is a great offensive mind. He's a great quarterback's coach. And I think that will be the first big test for Auburn in the Georgia Dome on, on Saturday uh, at 3-3 on CBS just to, just to see where they're at defensively against a good, you know, against a good offensive mind. Because like you said, the offense for Auburn is electric. At times, you know what they can do. You know, know what it's going to score. If, if they cannot give up fifty something points to Alabama, they're possibly in the in, in the in the you know they're in the, the yeah. college football playoff last year. And I think that you know if, if Auburn didn't pick up Will Muschamp, they wouldn't be number six in the polls right now. I think they'd be you know top fifteen. I think they'd be sitting at thirteen or fourteen or twelve somewhere in that area because you look at a guy like that and he affects he affects the voters that dramatically. You have to say that yeah, that they're definitely a dark horse. Maybe not a dark horse. Maybe right on the cutting edge of making yeah, that discussion. But it's the SEC, Dustin, and, and we, we can talk about it later. But I'm not sure that any team from that conference is going to be undefeated at the end of the year, and that might that might hurt them in the discussion for the top four. Uh, yeah, but maybe, but is it is it going to hurt them? Because we we found out that it won't. You know, we, we they know might what not these even have, There might be there might not be a one loss team in that conference. I think it's just. It's not top heavy anymore. I think it's. I think it's. I think there's like eight or nine teams that are middle. You know, there's no one team that's the best, and I think there's eight or nine teams that can make that that statement to say they're going to win the SEC, and that goes all the way down to a Tennessee team this year. I mean, that's that's sitting you know at the bottom of the top twenty-five, but they can make a statement like Auburn did a handful of years ago when they came out of nowhere to run, you know, to run up to the to the national championship game. So the talent in the SEC is is fantastic. But there's not one team out there right now, not even Alabama, and we'll talk about them later, that, that strikes me as a team that's a world beater. No, and and that's the thing. And we, we talked about it all last year, the SEC not being – yes, it, we, we still agree it has the best talent. Yes, we think it's probably still the best conference, but not by a long shot. I mean, it's it's not like – like you said, they, they don't have that world beater anymore. They don't have a team that – Every team in the country would be afraid to play. They have they have teams that are really good and that you're going to have to be, you know play good football to beat, but are very beatable teams and and that's that's what they are right now. But uh, yeah, I mean it's you know it's just interesting to see a couple of those those coaching changes. I mean Harbaugh, Michigan. You have I think Muschamp going to Auburn's going to really you know. Do big things there. Now, is it difficult when your when your team scores quickly and their defense is constantly on the field? Yeah, that, that you know puts a little pressure on those players on defense. So it, it's going to be interesting to see if and how much chance can change things there on the defensive side of the ball for Auburn. But I, I expect them to really make a push. I mean, I get it. They have to see their schedule not the easiest. But, uh, you know, if, if we know how they can score, if they can actually stop anybody, and I mean anybody. I'm not talking about every week. Just sometimes keep somebody out of the end zone. Right. Then I, I right. think they'll win a lot of football games. Right. And, I mean, um, I think that, that, was, that was their issue and why they didn't win the national championship, you know, a, a couple of years ago against Florida State is they couldn't make the stop when they needed to make the stop. and. Uh, you know, you praised Jameis Winston all you want a couple of years ago about going down the field and winning the national championship. But I mean, if Auburn Auburn plays the right defense, maybe they you know maybe they don't give up that big play to get Florida you know allow Florida State to get down and off yeah. the 
and, and you know, Will Muschamp might be that that guy that that bridges that gap and makes them you know the best team in college football up there with with Ohio State and and, and you know TCU. Um, but I find it interesting, Dustin, that you can you can talk about these teams and especially in the SEC, but even across the nation, that they're going to be really good. They're going to be really good, but they're starting a brand new quarterback or they're starting a you know a quarterback that transferred in. You, you look at you look at the top ten: Alabama, brand new starting quarterback at number three; but Baylor, brand new quarterback four; Auburn, new quarterback six; Oregon, new quarterback at seven; Georgia, new quarterback at nine; Florida State, new quarterback at ten. I mean, you're talking six out of the ten top ten teams, all starting guys that uh, with either little to no starting experience for that team, or guys that are transferring in from another school, um, and nobody expects them to, to miss a beat. Right, and they're just like, you come in, you're just going to come in and fit in, and, and, and the team is just going to roll out and win games. And we know in college football that you need one or two, one or two bad series or can change the course of an entire game. And one injury here or there could, can definitely crush a team. Um, I just think that's interesting that you, you look at 60% of the top 10 starting a brand-new quarterback that hasn't had uh, more than, you know, a start or two for the team or – started for another team last year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's going to be an interesting year. I, I was looking at that before and just kind of going through some of the, the big changes with the top 25, and there, there are a lot of those out there, and they're all, they were all kind of searching for that quarterback, which is one of the reasons I really, really like Michigan State as, you know, I, I'm not even going to call them a sleeper, but I feel like people are kind of sleeping on them. I mean, Connor Cook has been a guy that we've talked about for a few years. He's he's one hell of a quarterback. He's going back his senior year. We know how they play defense. We know that offensive line is stout. Michigan State is one of those teams that because they're out of the Big Ten with big, bad Ohio State, I get it. But I think Michigan State, this could be the year. I think they could do some damage up there. I think, you know, obviously they're, they're preseason number five, so it's not like they're under the radar. But I feel like because they're in the same conference as Ohio State, that they kind of get pushed to the back burner. But that that'll be interesting to see how it comes out. But one one thing that uh, you know we we talked about a couple of days ago that we should we should mention, um, we were talking about these football games. I mean, you have Alabama playing Wisconsin. They're meeting in Dallas Cowboy Stadium. They've had some issues, according to reports, getting rid of tickets and mainly on the Wisconsin side. And when you really think about it, can you blame Wisconsin fans? You know, do these people want to fly into Texas to watch their their team get steamrolled by an Alabama team and spend a lot of money? I mean, you know, it's probably, let's say, you know, a husband and a wife are traveling to Texas to see the game. They're going to spend over $1,000. I mean, that's, you know, is is it worth going to get to watch a team get steamrolled? And on top of that, Alabama, Wisconsin, two of the most boring teams on the planet. I mean, how how much would you pay to fly across the country to see that game? Um, probably. Right. How much would you pay to not have to? <laughs> probably a better question. Probably, I mean, it's probably less than three figures. Um, look, it, it, it's. It's a trip to go to Jerry's World, right? You're 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 more I mean, or less. That's probably the best part about the entire trip. Oh, exactly. we get to go see the Jumbotron. 
well, is that worth a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars? Probably not. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a, a, a valuable point is is when you when you look at in the future and, and these teams are uh, are setting up these preseason, you know, not, I won't call them preseason games, but pre-conference games and, and your non-conference schedule. You have to do it three, four, five, six years in advance, and you're predicting that teams are going to be viable products on TV. Um, and as well as in person that people are going to want to travel and see. And now, don't get me wrong, Alabama tra- fans travel. They're, they're, you know, they all wear their Bear Bryant hats. And, 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 and they expect and, to get a victory. Right, and, and that's right. Oh, let's go watch they're our team there. win in Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Sounds a lot better than let's go watch our team get crushed. Right, and, 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 and it's close. Last time Alabama was there, they crushed Michigan. Remember, yeah. I mean, Michigan came in there like top ten team, and Alabama sent them out crying. And, and it's definitely yeah. – it could be that – it could be just like that, but Alabama is not, is not that exciting either. And you're no, looking at they're, they're, not, they're not fun to watch. They're a damn good football team, and they have been for a decade. Right. Longer, but, you know, it's, and hey, honey, here's yeah. the book. The 30th consecutive draw play up the middle. Yeah, exactly. How exciting is this? Like, I'm so happy we came. Yeah. And, terrible. And there's no Melvin Gordon. I mean, if Melvin Gordon was playing in this game, then obviously he's not, so this is just a hypothetical. Because he's in the NFL, he's gonna do big things. But he was in this if he was in this game, I mean just think about the difference in complexion of, of maybe excitement level. Because the guy is so electric. You never know. He could break off an eighty yard run. I think I'm not saying with, there won't be 80 yard runs, but I guarantee you there won't be no, 80 yard passes in this game. There won't be any. No, no, any, exactly. We know that. It's going to be. I think there are electric players. Alabama has the best talent in the country. There, there's no Amari Cooper. Do. There's no any. It, 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 this is. Let me give you a typical scoring drive right here, Dustin. 13 plays, 80 yards, 12 runs, one pass, two yard score. That's what it's exactly. and, and, the, and the pass the pass is probably incomplete. You know, a, a play it. action dump to the tight end <laughs> for seven yards. Yeah, but green play. That's the way these two teams play. It's just it's just one of those things when you're setting up in advance. Even even this is how Wisconsin and Alabama play, and you know you're getting that in advance. You're just hoping that the fans travel to see Jerry's world. Uh, you know, yeah. two two years from now, Florida and Michigan play, and and to start the season in the same game. In Jerry's world, and I guarantee that place will be packed because those teams right now have brand new coaches, and this is—I mean, this is great forecasting by by the ads. Brand new coaches on both teams starting this year. They'll have their recruits in. They'll have their offenses instilled, and it could be electric, right? It could be a game you're going to want to watch. Jim Harbaugh versus Jim, uh, you know versus uh, Jim McElwain coached offense, and they're both offensive. You know, like it's going to be electric. And that's the kind of game they need to forecast out is getting two exciting teams in in a place like this compared to two teams that, you know, you really, you're not really like, eh, you know, I'll watch them because they're two top 25 teams. But really, this is the only game that features two top 25 teams in it. And I can't tell you that this is probably the not even my top five games I'd like to watch this weekend. No, no, I, I will I probably, I'll probably tune in, honestly, but I, I'll be ready to tune out. Now, I, I will say that we've already mentioned Jim McElwain way too many times. The guy is boring as hell. If you look at him, I mean, he, he he's just not an exciting guy. I don't ever want to hear the words exciting and Jim McElwain in the same sentence again. But 
I do want to talk about, you know, we're talking about this this game, Alabama, Wisconsin, they're having trouble selling tickets. On the other hand, you look at the Notre Dame-Texas game in South Bend and upper deck tickets. I mean, talking about the, the worst of the worst are starting around like 260 275 a ticket. And they're going to sell out. Now, Texas, now obviously it's at Notre Dame. Notre, fan, Notre Dame fans are excited about football. They're, you know, they're, there's a lot of talk about Notre Dame as being the best team that they've had in a while, and blah, blah, blah. Texas, we know, is absolute garbage. <laughs> it's crazy how you look at the difference in those two games. One, two top 25 teams, you know, Jerry's World, they're having trouble selling tickets. This one sold out three hundred dollars a ticket, no problem. It's just it's it's crazy how you have those those two different. I mean, we're talking about a, a shitty Texas team coming in. They're probably going to get beat by Notre Dame at home. I mean, I don't, I don't see any. If Texas wins that game, I would be shocked. Absolutely shocked. I I, I agree with you. I think I think Texas is still maybe a year away from from allowing Charlie Strong to get. Um, Really, his recruits in and, and implement, um, you know, the well, defense. maybe keep some it's, players. I mean, all he's been doing right. is getting rid of players. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I, I do think it's, he's probably he's cutting, getting rid of players that he needs to get rid of, but still. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's cutting. He's been cutting the fat. You're, you're right, and it, and it takes time to build back up the muscle, and and I and I understand that you know that's a process. I mean, I, I see what you did there. Fan, if I'm a Texas fan, I, I, I expect us to be a little bit more of the same from last year, ups and downs, roller coaster ride. But, I mean, this is a game that they could come in and they could get, you know, the floor wiped with them or they could be competitive. And, and maybe they, you know, a lot of people are picking, picking them as a dark horse team this year, not necessarily to make the college football playoff, but to be, at the end of the year, a top 15, top 10 team. And, uh, well, at, know, least, at least the competitor out of their conference. Well, the, the conference is Which is, conference. Which is rough it, as it is. Yeah. I mean, but, that's that's steep steep climb right there. As an ACC football fan, Dustin, can you please explain to me? And I'm and I'm just having a hard time wrapping around my this Notre Dame thing. Who, who says I'm an ACC football fan? I don't know. <laughs> but can you please explain to me why why Notre? I mean, I know Notre Dame is. Are they inching into the conference, or or how is it working with them oh, playing? They're, they're, ACC they're already football? in the conference in terms of college basketball. Right. Well, just, why would they ever? Why would why would they ever join? I mean, you know, I, just don't, I don't understand why. Why then? Why play six ACC teams? I don't. I don't understand it's, that. Why. It's Notre Dame. Do you understand anything about the program? I mean, the only th- the only thing I understand about Notre Dame football is that they have that NBC, NBC contract, and they don't have to do anything. I mean, it's it's just what it is. It's it's such a ridiculous thing that it exists. But you know what? Maybe as, as much as I dislike Notre Dame and I don't want them to win football games because of all of the above, maybe we need them to win. Maybe we need this out of conference. So these conferences will be pissed. And, I mean, you know, if, if Notre Dame gets in there as an independent and some of these teams get – Shafted, it, you know, it could actually stir things up a little bit more and maybe force college football fans. I, I don't know. I don't know what could be done at this point. It is just so annoying. And 
like I said earlier, I'm just a hater, and Notre Dame is on my list. Well, so, I mean, we, they've already they already made the national championship game as an independent. We saw how that how that ended up. Um, well, yeah, they, they oh, Everett, Everett Golston was a, was a starting quarterback for that game, and now he's sitting. Well, Everett, Everett, Everett Golston yeah. looked great during that game too. Honestly, like that that was a sad thing. Manti Teo was searching for his girlfriend, but we know now that she didn't exist. So we don't know, we don't know what that defense is doing against Alabama. They're just getting run over all day. But um, it's uh, let, let's let's talk a little tailgating. You know, it's it's the first week in the college football. I unfortunately, and I don't know about you, but I unfortunately will not be tailgating this week, and I'll be working. Um, but you know, that first week in college football, you kind of just game plan, you've been waiting over 33 weeks for college football season to come back. It's your first chance to get out there and tailgate, get a little whiskey, maybe some tequila, some food to eat. What is, what's the one tailgate food that you've been waiting on all year to get? And what do you think Steve Sarkeesian has been waiting to do? This is the first college football game. <laughs> Tequila, tequila or pork? You know, which which one? Well, he shouldn't he shouldn't mix the meds with tequila. Um, I think that's I think that was the issue, or at least that's what he said the issue was. So I think Sarkeesian will be uh, sober, pretty sober this weekend. But as for me, <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll be out I'll be out in full force uh, tailgate tailgating uh, this weekend. I'll be out there early. Probably seven thirty eight to get the tailgate started for a seven thirty game. Um so we'll 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 be twelve hours in before uh before the gators kick off this weekend and, and one of the things I always look for at a tailgate is initially having that breakfast food. And, and whatever you know, whatever we're having for breakfast, you know, the kegs and eggs type of situation and, and having that bloody Mary to start and, and that's what I'm looking for. So whatever whatever food that I fit into that bloody Mary, that's the food I'm looking forward to in, in the morning. Uh, and it just kind of symbolizes, you know, the sun wakes up and the dawn of a new college football season is upon us, Dustin. And I'm pretty pumped about it. Uh, I mean, I could be at any game this weekend, and I'd be, be excited just to be there. How many – it's, what is it, 8.36 a.m. right now. How many drinks do you think Steve Sarkeesian has had so far today? Well, I'm on my third cup of coffee, so he's probably <laughs> on his, he's probably on his third, third uh, cranberry vodka. <laughs> Three cranberry vodkas before eight. And I kind of want to see it. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the rest of development or not, but um, Lucille, the the grandmother, she does quotations with her martini in her hand and it, like, always spills. That's what I picture her doing. He's like, these football teams around here as he he spills his third vodka cranberry in the morning. It would be hilarious. Um, uh, Speaking of hilarious, you know, I, I think we should touch on it. I don't know if you saw these. You know, these are the moments that you wish you weren't, uh, you know, recording a podcast and that you were able to show listeners, viewers. I mean, I want to call them viewers, but obviously it's listeners. You want to be able to show them what you're talking about in case they haven't seen it. But I'm assuming everyone has seen these University of Miami pictures that came out. They are out of control. Talk about going from swag to sweethearts. I mean, I, you you assume, when you're trying to think about what they were thinking 
when these pictures were taken, they were taken by the school's official photographer, the guy who shoots all sports at University of Miami. And you assume that maybe they were trying to show, you know, how comfortable the players were with each other, but it, it, it might have seemed a little too comfortable. You have the players wrapping their arms around each other, like grabbing breasts, and and I could call them breasts because they were offensive linemen. And you have players bent over, like looking back with with weird looks on the face. It was it was a bizarre photo shoot. Needless to say, about 20 minutes after it started spreading and people started, you know, people discovered them and wrote articles about them, the university took them down. And if you looked on the photographer's Twitter account, he clearly pretty much said the no fun police called him and made him take him off the site. What? Did you get a chance to see these, or am I just talking to myself here? No, no, I, yeah, I saw these photos, and mildly disturbing is what I would say. Uh, <laughs> mildly? Yeah. I've had nightmares ever since. Now, I, I, you know, now, right, I so mildly disturbing for you. Talk about what you think a University of Miami fan's reaction is to that. How do they feel? Well, I mean, if they showed up to the game, they'd probably tell you how they feel, but I, I doubt it. So uh, that's true. I'll give you that. Well done. Well, I mean, I think I mean Miami fans have always been the you know the tough guys. I mean, the the years yeah. always yeah you know the, the swag and, and in your face and the Michael Irvin and, and, and you know you, you get these guys like Warren Sapp and and yeah I mean they they just come, they kind of just kind of starting to crumble and and, and to me. I think that just goes to show your coach, Al Golden, and, and what and what this program's come to, and what he's taken the pro, Miami program to. And I think it's disturbing if you're a, if you're a University of Miami fan. If you're, a, if you're a Hurricane fan, you're like these guys are you know look like a bunch of sissies, and well, we're going to go out there and get steamrolled. And and that and the sad thing is, I think Miami is a dark horse team this year. Brad Kaya is a great quarterback, and I think yeah, they can be. I, 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 think I think they're under the radar. But when I look at these photos, I think they should still be under the radar because I don't want to see ever see photos like that again. Well, and that and that's the thing. Now, I agree with you on the the that old golden thing and what he's done with the program down there. And but I don't know how much golden had to do with this. I honestly, if I had to guess, I'd say he had absolutely nothing to do with it. I think it was a team photographer thought it was a funny idea. But didn't realize that, it, you know, it's it's okay to have a little fun, but you don't want to put yourself in that kind of light to where other teams can hold that, you know, hold that against you. I mean, that, that's that's what they're going to do. Like I said, they're going to come in. They're not going to be intimidated, which you want teams to come in intimidated. That's what Miami Hurricanes in the past did. They were the bad boys. They were the team that was going to knock your teeth out. And now they're the team that, you know, I, for lack of non-derogatory terms, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's it's just that team. Now, while I do think Miami is someone of dark horse, I love Brad Kaya. I think he's a great quarterback. Kaya. But uh, I'm pretty sure they lost who I believe was going to be their starting running back, Gus, Gus Edwards. Yeah. Um. That's going to make it a little more difficult, but I mean they they still have year behind them. They have they have talented kids down there. 
But this does not help anybody in Miami. And I know, I mean, Miami fans, when you just think about, you know, what they want the program to represent, what they obviously they want to win, just like any fan base. But, you know, they, they like that bad boy image. And then you come out with this, and everybody sees it. And everybody has the same thought about it. It's not like some people are like, oh, those are great. Everyone was like, those are weird. Those are bizarre. Why would they do that? That was the only thought that came out of anybody's, you know, mind. I mean, it, it was nothing other than that. And you just kind of think, well, obviously we know, just like he has been for some time now, for, you know, the past couple of years, Al Golden's clearly on the hot seat. I mean, that's not even a question, we, you know, not even worth talking about. But who else out there? Are, are, is there anybody else that's on, on the hot seat? Anybody um, worth mentioning? I mean, I'm trying to think about it. And I, when I, when I think hot seat, I just think Al Golden. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes to my mind. Yeah, I, 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 I really think do, about anybody else. I, I mean, I do think that you're right. I mean, Al Golden is definitely on the hot seat. Uh, oh my God, it's it's flaming it's hot. So hot that makes everybody <laughs> else's else not as hot, right? And I mean, I think that I think that he's on the hot seat. I mean, I know that <clears throat> I know that the, the preseason expectations for Oklahoma are maybe a little bit lower, and we talk about it every year. But, you know, Stoops over at Oklahoma, man, I don't know. I, I know it doesn't seem like it's a hot seat, but if they had come out and have another subpar year, I keep, every year we want to talk about them, something happens where they go on the road and just get just demolished. Um, I mean, how many more years can you live off that, that national championship? Uh, you know, and, 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 I mean, we're talking, what was that, 2001? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was it was long ago. It was like it, two. It wasn't It wasn't a one. It was the no. oh. oh, two or oh three. I don't know. Who cares? It's a long time ago. How many times it, it, can you it's, have? It's long enough. It's long enough to where something else needs to happen. Right. I mean, in in, 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 in two thousand eight, they made they, they made the national championship game again, lost to Florida. But I mean, how many how many times can you kind of go up and down and? And, and just not get over that hurdle, uh, you know. So, I, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, I, I feel like I th- we talk about it every year, and it's just one of the things that's not going to happen. He might just be a, a coach that, that rides out to the sunset and, and they let it play out. Uh, but also, uh, you know, look at Mark Rick at, at, at Georgia, and I'm not necessarily saying he's a hot seat. He's, a, he's not on the hot seat, but he could be retiring at any moment. Sure. I mean, but every year we talk about Georgia, and, and – yeah, I mean, you know, Georgia can win it this year. Georgia, can, you know, Georgia can Georgia, 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 and every year they come up short. Last year, getting beat, by, yeah. getting blown out by Florida, and it, and the year before you lose, you know, you lose to Alabama. That's you, know, you just it just keeps piling up where it's like if you can't get over that hurdle at a, at a at a program that can recruit, when when do you make that change to get over that hurdle? And and, yeah. and, and that's the I mean. That's just a. I mean, these aren't these aren't coaches that are are necessarily hot seat, hot seat. But in my mind, if I'm a fan, it's how long do I keep being almost the best? How long do I how long do I deal with that before I want to be the best? And and where do I go from there? Uh, you know, Miami is a program that's had its ups and downs, so they can so they you know they haven't been consistent you know consistent ten win years nine ten eleven ten nine eight. 
I mean, they've had their ups and downs. So when the new guy comes in and he doesn't get you back up to 10, 10, 10, 10, 11, 12, 10, 10, when he doesn't do that, then he's back on the hot seat. But some of these coaches that have been there for 10, 15, 20 years that, you know, when they're when it's 8, 9, you know, when they should be winning 10, 11, and you keep, you keep going back and saying, when do you want to – when do you want to win that that big one again? And, and when do you when do you cut loose the guy that consistently wins eight, nine, ten, but not doesn't win you doesn't win you that fourteenth yeah. game? I will say, getting back to Oklahoma, that I do think Oklahoma is going to be a, de- a a pretty good team this year. I, I really do. I believe that. I mean, I think that they have what, in my opinion, could be the best backfield in all of college football. I mean, you had you obviously lost. Uh, Joe Mixon last year, who got suspended for, you know, just another case of, I don't know, yeah. domestic violence or violence against women, you know, this, yeah. this whole violence against women thing that needs to be fixed in, in football. But um, they get Joe Mixon back. And then you, you talk about Samaje Perrine, a guy who came in from Mixon, you know, a guy that was, everyone was talking about Mixon last year. And then here comes Samaje Perrine. The guy sets the record for rushing yards in the game. He blew up for – I mean, he blew up for – he rushed for over 1,000 yards. I think it was like 17 touchdowns. I think they have what is probably the best backfield in the country. And then we were talking about new quarterbacks. They have Baker Mayfield starting, the, the kid who transferred over from Texas Tech, Tech or Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah. Texas Tech. And I really do. I think Oklahoma is going to be a lot better than people think this year. I mean, they're they're going to kind of come out of the gates. Now, it, you know, you, you talk about – it's crazy talking about the Big 12 as there are a handful of competitors there, but there are. I mean, we obviously know TCU. We expect Trayvon Boykin and that whole crew to be really good this year and to win a lot of football games. They don't play anybody. It's just like yeah. it's just like Big Ten when you're talking about Ohio State. Look at the schedule; it's horrible. Of course, they're going to crush everyone on that schedule. Now you wonder, like, can a couple of those teams maybe surprise them? That's it. Same thing when you talk about TCU. Well, maybe a couple of those teams can surprise them. Except TCU, Baylor, and Ohio State—they usually have to play each other. And I mean, here I finally found some Andre Perrine's stats from last year. The kid came in as a sophomore, you know, I'm not going to say no one really knew about him, but no one was talking about him before the season. Before Joe Mixon got suspended, nobody was talking about Samadji Perrine. He probably wasn't going to get very many carries. Kid came out, rushed for 1,700 yards, 21 touchdowns. And he's coming back, and Joe Mixon is coming back. I mean, Oklahoma's going to be stout. And when you look at the Big 12, when you think about Oklahoma, Baylor, TCU, you're assuming Texas is on its way back. You know, I, I think we agree that they're not there yet. Um, I, do I think that they're closer than Michigan? Yes. But you wouldn't know that by tuning in to ESPN. Um, it, the Big 12 is on its way to being a pretty, pretty competitive conference. Now, if they could just add a championship game and become normal – we could actually consider them a legitimate competitor. It's it's kind of crazy when you look at those teams in that in that conference and the way that, in the direction that they're all headed. I mean, in my alone here, I mean they they you could kind of look top to bottom and say that all right, that's 
pretty stout conference. Well, you know, you know how I feel about about the Big Twelve and only having ten teams and still calling themselves the Big Twelve. Um, I, well, you, I saw, you, you saw who they invited. Sorry to interrupt, but you saw who they invited, right? South Dakota State and Montana. Right. It, it's. <laughs> Here, I mean, can I get a couple of scrubs in here? Now, now to be you know, to be fair, South Dakota State has they, obviously well, dominated what D two or whatever they're in, but they should they should bring BYU in. That's number one. They should get they, BYU has a great fan base and they'll travel and they'll fill every stadium and and they should bring BYU in to have that that market. And you know, I don't I don't mind them bringing a team in like South Dakota State if they bring a BYU in. Bring one good team in one. I mean, I mean Montana. I mean that's. That's just ludicrous. I mean, what? They're, the they're, Grizz, man? You don't like the Grizz? I'd, I'd rather see you bring in, like, I'd rather see you bring in BYU, in my yeah. opinion. You know, and that's, and that's. I mean, I, I want to see you get to 12 teams before we talk about you being a real conference. I mean, the SEC, the Pac-12, the ACC, the Big Ten, even though they have 14 teams, uh, they all, they have all gone to, what should what needs to be happening is that's getting the, the most amount of teams in your conference and having a, a conference championship. None of this, you play all night, you know, you play, everybody plays everybody, and we don't need a conference championship because we saw how that worked for them last year. TCU and Baylor got left out because they both had one loss, and they didn't play a conference championship. And, and really, in, in Ohio State, Ohio State backdoors into the, into, the, into the college football playoff and wins a college football championship. And I guarantee you if TCU was – was in was in there instead of Ohio State, I bet TCU would have won the national championship last year. And that's just my opinion because they were a hot team and they just got left out because there was no championship game. And I don't even want to talk Big 12 football as being a great conference until they get to that. And, and that's in my opinion. I think they have some teams that are coming up that are going to be formidable. But TCU, Baylor, if it goes at it again and it happens again, I guarantee neither of them will be in the, in the, in the college football playoff if, if the same scenario plays out. And the Ohio State or the Michigan State or the Alabama, the Oregon or the USC or Stanford or whoever comes out of those big, you know, the big conferences with maybe the ACC or Clemson this year, maybe even a Notre Dame out of the independence. I mean, how funny would it be when it comes down to Notre Dame with one loss and TCU with one loss and Notre Dame gets in? Because yeah. Notre, Notre Dame played a harder schedule. I'm right there with you. I mean, obviously, the Big 12 needs a championship game. Like I said, I mean, there's there's no way around that. In order to become a legitimate conference, go ahead and join the program. Get with the program. Uh, I do I do like some of the teams out there. I, I think Texas, once they become good again, I, Texas has to become good again. It's just like it's just like Michigan when you think about it. It's like oh, the program. It has to become good. The amount of money that comes through that program, if they never get back to being competitor, obviously there are too many things wrong there to even talk about. But, you know, that's that's for another time. We're going to this year cutbacks and cold ones. We want to do a, a two-minute drill at the end of, you know, our podcast to kind of wrap things up, have a little fun. Let's go ahead and start this one off, though. It's it's pretty much, you know, each week we're going to – one of us is going to rattle off random questions to the other um, pertaining, about, pertaining to, you know, anything and everything. But 
let's go ahead and start things off since this is the first show, preseason football. Let's each talk college football playoff. I'm sure you've thought about it. I'm sure, you know, you looked at these schedules, you've put a little time into it. Who are your four teams that you have going in to the second college football playoff? Man, that's a great question, Dustin. I, yeah, I, I definitely thought about it, and, and I'm mixed here because I think there's about 12 teams or 14 teams that can really come in to really come into their own, and if they if the quarterback is the you know is the right guy, can be good. Uh, and one one team that sticks out to me is Auburn. I like Auburn in there as well as TCU and Ohio State, and I think that fourth team, that fourth team is could be could be a one loss or a two loss or a two loss team out of the same conference as those, and, and including Michigan State. I really, really like Michigan State. Michigan State-Ohio State game is going gonna, is gonna to be, a, a, you know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great game. And I, I want to say, look at, look at uh, my fourth one. It will be a dark horse on this one, Dustin. The goal is a dark horse. Well, I'm, I'm going Oklahoma. to – Oklahoma. Oklahoma. All right. Uh, so you think Samantha Perrine and Joe Mix are going to run their way into the college football playoff, huh? Yeah. Baker Mayfield, throwing some yeah. bombs. All right. So we're we're kind of pretty much on the same page here because I have Ohio State. I, you know, obviously you look at their schedule, it's garbage. You look at their team, stacked. So do the math. TCU. We saw what they did last year on offense. They didn't lose anything. They're bringing back a senior in Trayvon Boykin. Their their schedule, besides, you know, a couple bumps in the road, pretty smooth sailing. I think TCU gets in there. Auburn, like we talked about, Muschamp, I think is going to make a big difference on defense. Their offense under Gus Malzahn, electric, so Auburn in there. And then I'm going to go ahead and make the push for Michigan State. Now, the thought is, obviously, Michigan State, Ohio State, two big 10 teams, uh, you know, a lot of complaining. But if Michigan State, let's say they lose one game to Ohio State, I think that's okay. And I think it'll be competitive. I don't think that they're going to get blown out by Ohio State. So let's say they lose the game to Ohio State by three points, and that's their only loss. I think Michigan State still gets in. Let's say Michigan State beats Ohio State. And that becomes Ohio State's only loss. And then they crush everyone else. It's the same, same story. So I think that both of those teams could get in out of the Big Ten, which is devastating to me because I hate the Big Ten. I really do. I don't like it at all. It's boring. And I think Urban Meyer, you know, goes up there with his recruiting capabilities. And why wouldn't he? He can recruit like, like other conference. He can recruit like SEC, and he has to play, and he gets to play Big Ten teams. I mean, what better situation could you ask for? I mean, it's just a perfect situation. So, we're right there. So, you're going Oklahoma with your fourth. I'm going Michigan State. Right. Interesting. Big Ten, Big 12. You hate the Big 12. I hate the Big Ten. We're right there. So, let's rattle off some, some questions here, wrap things up. Um, let's talk some of these games this week. Let's go ahead and talk, uh, make your pick for tonight. We have South Carolina, North Carolina. Who you got? Uh, I like North Carolina, North Carolina in this game. Uh, I think 
judging from last year and what South Carolina kind of declined on and Spurrier's declined on, maybe he's too nice of a guy nowadays and doesn't yell at his players. But look for North Carolina to win this game. I, I like I like them, but a close close competitive game. Slice pork, pulled pork. Pulled pork. Pulled pork. Tomase Perrine, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Baker Mayfield or Grayson Lambert or Everett Golson. Which I like Grayson. Has best year? The Baker Mayfield because I'm taking Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Saban or Meyer? Uh, man, hate them both. Hate them both. But uh, take, take Nick Saban in this. It's uh, you know, three out of four is is pretty damn good. Whiskey or tequila? Whiskey. Whiskey over tequila. All right. What is UFC's final record? Well, not including the bowl game, I think they're I think they're ten and two. Ten and two. Start 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 gets it done, huh? All right, so since we haven't really talked about it, who comes out of the Pac twelve? Arizona State. Arizona State. Whoa. Hey, yo. Big swerve. Yeah. All right, and then let's let's pick the rest of these games. So we have Arizona State, Texas A&M. I like Texas A&M in this one, even though Arizona State's the the favorite team. I think this might be their only, their own, you know, one of their their hiccups on the year. But I think they're a, a solid team, and they'll prove that. And how what's what's the final score of Ohio State Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech? Thirty five thirteen Ohio State. Thirty five thirteen Ohio State. Interesting. So they're only gonna put up thirty five, huh? All right, well I think that'll do it for the first first edition of cutbacks and cold ones. I mean, I think we're both looking forward to this first weekend of college football. Thursday to Monday. I mean, four days of college football should be a good time. Um, we'll obviously be back next week. We'll get to uh, to mix things up. We'll you know we'll have our first taste of football. We'll get to talk about some happenings, things that happen, things that may happen. Um, and we'll we'll probably open up the phone lines next time as well. This this one we had to kind of to get done early in the morning, so you know we know you people aren't awake or you guys are busy going to work or whatnot. But um, we'll probably open up the phone lines in the future, um, get you guys involved, and we'll expand on this two minute drill idea and, and kind of try to make it as fun as possible. But uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week, and we appreciate you guys listening. Peace.